Okay, we'll do Yemei Chabad. We'll do today for the 18th day of Iyar. Of course, the 18th day of Iyar is also Lag Baomer. That's the 33rd day of the Omer. And that's the day when we make the uh, various different celebrations to A, commemorate the fact that the students of Rabbi Akiva ceased to die uh, at some level of that day. And also the fact it was the uh, day of passing of the great godly, saintly tzaddik and Tana, uh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who asked that during his uh, passing to make actually a celebration because that was the day he connected with God and that's why it's considered to be a special day. So on that day and, you know, during the Sefira, there are various different traditions, but uh, uh, the most stringent tradition is that you do the entire Sefira's Omer, you do the entire counting of the Omer during those days, Till right before Shavuos, we don't do any joyful activities, which is like a wedding or even uh, uh, in some cases uh, people don't even make uh, other kinds of festivities. And this would be like uh, a shidduch, you know, like to uh, make a uh, an engagement party. Um, although that is technically, according to some, permissible to do during the thing an engagement party. But um, this, we're talking about engagement party. This took place, the engagement of the Rebbets in Shena, which was the um, daughter of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. This took place on the 18th day of the year, in the year Tafrej Tzadik Beis. Uh, that is uh, 1932, approximately. I think it's 1932. Uh, on the 18th day of the year, um, she uh, got engaged to the, um, uh, she was the youngest daughter. The previous Rebbe had three daughters. He had uh, the Rebbe's uh, wife, which was Chaim Mushka, as we know, and then the older sister was Chana. She was married to Rabbi Gorari. And then the uh, youngest one, Rebbe Tzinshayna, she was married to uh, Menachem Mendel Harnstein. And uh, we already learned he was a grandson of the Rebbe Maharash, and we really learned a lot about his history and the way he, unfortunately, the family was left in Europe and they were murdered by the Nazis and they never made it out of there. But their engagement party took place in the 18th day of the year, a year on the year 692, which translates to, in the English date? We figured it out. It's 80 years ago. What? May 24th. It would have May, May 24th? 1932. In 1932. Okay. Now, uh, the, uh, of course, that was a festive uh, occasion. The Rebbe has already come out of, of Russia during that time. A couple of years before that, he came out in 1928. In 27, this was in Poland. And I guess this was still, you know, before the war, Jewish life was flourishing at the time. It was his peak over there. And um, the Rebbe, on the day that there was the... Um, Engagement, uh, uh, they call it the Tnoim. Uh, tnoim is means conditions. They fill out a document. Um, I know today they, they do the Tnoim, they do it at the day of the wedding. They don't do it any earlier. Uh, uh, generally, there are three processes in the procedures of, the, uh, of a marriage. Uh, two of them are from the Torah, and one of them is from the rabbis. Uh, the Torah requires one to betroth first his wife, and then to marry her. Betrothal basically is the kedushin. That's when he gives her the ring. And in the olden days, that betrothal would be done 
a long time, maybe a year before the actual marriage. During that time, she was betrothed to him, and she was still uh, mean that she's going to be her wife, and, 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 and there was a, a connection, but they didn't actually move in together till the time of the marriages when they moved in together. That was the actual marriage. But today, we do the betrothal together as under the chuppah. We do the betrothal. And that's why we make a little bit of interruption. We read the ketubah, other things. And then we do the actual marriage, the canopy, and the yichud. And we do the, the seven blessings. And then they go into the uh, uh, room where they're alone. That consummates, that makes the uh, marriage. Um, but then there's another step, which is really a step from the rabbis, which is not from the Torah, that is called shiduchin, that is the engagement, basically. Because the rabbis prohibit it for a person just to meet uh, a woman in the street and I'll give her a ring and say, you're betrothed to me, you're my wife, even if she accepts it. Not, of course she has to accept it, but that's not the right way to do it. The way to do it is first have an agreement, first have what they call shiduchin, have an engagement. So... But today, the official, during the time of the engagement, so they would also write you know, certain uh, obligations of the families you know, to make sure that they'll provide for the children, that they're going to get married, that they're going to have uh, their needs, and when the marriage is going to take place, etc., etc., just to figure out the various different things. So in the olden days, they would actually write a, a document at the time of the engagement. That would be the engagement part. It's called the tenoyim. They... they you tie yourself up. It's an engagement through these conditions in which people uh, make that shidduch. But um, again, like I said today, we, we leave it all for the day of the wedding uh, because part of the problems is that you know, you're not allowed to really break up a shidduch. You know? So people are worried that if you write these conditions and then sort of you break it up, that would be like bad. You know, a marriage you can break up through a divorce, but to break up uh, an engagement, you don't need a divorce, but yeah. it's, sometimes it has, uh, you know, a, a commitment that has been broken. So today what they do is, uh, we don't do mostly tenoyim today. Today, you know, you make a lachaim and uh, what we call, you make a, you say uh, wishes, and then sometimes what you do is, uh, you know, you make a kinyan, you know, you just make a verbal commitment, like, you know, you, you raise some sort of a cloth and you make a commitment that, you know, it's a kinyan chalipin. Shmuel is going to, right? Is that the one where they break the plate? And some people break a plate at the time, too. You know, the breaking of the plate is symbolic of the fact that, you know, it's done, like, and you can't sort of, a plate that is broken, you can't put it together. Okay. Sort of, it's somewhere symbolic that the commitment here is an unbreakable commitment. Even though you break something, yeah, but the breaking shows that it's done. It's a done deal. You can't put it together. You know, once it's been broken, you can't put it together. You're going, right? Go with them, and I'll bring you your stuff a little later. Rabbi, were Tanayim around the time of the Mishnah or the Sanhedrin? No, it was probably started at the time. I can't tell you the, exactly in the places in history, but it, it was certainly went on for a long time during, I mean, till even more recent times there was the Tanayim. They did. And they still do the Tanayim. All what I'm saying is the Tanayim is done at the wedding date. They don't make it earlier. So yeah. we still go through... The processes we still go through, but we just don't do it earlier. We don't give a chance for it for somebody to renege on the uh, the tenoyim. But some people do it. In some communities, they still do it today. You know, when there's when there's an engagement, they have these tenoyim over there. Okay. So, but in any event, uh, this is the um, this was the day that the tenoyim of the. And like I said, unfortunately, uh, they didn't make it out of Europe at the time, and it was. As we learned, uh, he was actually dedicated to his father. 
This is Rabbi Nachman La Koyen Hornstein, who was actually a coin. Doesn't say here, but he was a coin, and he was um, taking care of his father who was ill, and um, he didn't want to leave him by himself. He had an opportunity to leave because uh, when the Rebbe left, he could have left also with the family, but he didn't want to leave his father. And by the time then his father died, not too much afterward, I think he died like in right in the beginning of the war, maybe in 1941, maybe he died. And, uh, 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 but it was 39, was the war in Europe. Or maybe it started in 39 even. I don't know, but he died very shortly, maybe a year afterwards, but it was too late already. At that time he couldn't, it was too late. Yeah, they were together, the family, yeah, you know, they're all, you know, they're all good, okay. Uh, sometimes when, you know, when people would say to the Rebbe, you know, uh, about the Holocaust, about the Holocaust, about how they, they don't believe in God and everything else, the Rebbe said, well, I lost plenty of my family too over there. It's not like the Rebbe wasn't immune to, uh, to all the horrors, and the Rebbe himself just narrowly escaped. So it's not like you have to uh, tell the Rebbe what about, you know, the... The, the, you know, the travesty and what took place over there. He witnessed it firsthand. And the, but I um, guess the uh, Jewish people's uh, belief and trust in Hashem is unshakable, even, even despite all the terrible things that happened.